Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Dictionary.com defines rival as a person who is competing for the same object or goal as another or who tries to equal or outdo another. It is a person or thing that is in a position to dispute another's preeminence or superiority. I guess outside of perhaps Little League and children playing sports, definitely by the time you get to high school and get into college if you play in college and then those that make it to the pros, you play to win. I know we have guests this morning and I don't want to make anybody mad at me, but uh, I don't quite buy into the philosophy. It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. I if you do that, if you're able to do that, I, I commend you because I don't quite know how to just focus on how you play. And when you get into competitive sports, you want to win. You want to win every game. But then there are some games that are a little more special than other games because they are rivalry games. They are rivalry matches. Broadneck has Annapolis. Old Mill has Meade. Magic Johnson had Larry Bird. And Jack Nicholas had Arnold Palmer. There's Ohio State versus Michigan. There's the Dallas Cowboys versus some team called the Washington Redskins. The Lord has sympathy for those that, sorry. There's the Ravens versus the Steelers, and there's the Red Sox and the Yankees. There's the Orioles and the Yankees. There's Duke versus North Carolina. There's Maryland versus... Somebody had to go and mess things up, and so I'm not sure how or who our rival is now used to be Duke in North Carolina. And of course, one of the notable ones for all of us in this area, Army versus Navy. Part of the excitement of a rivalry is an expectation that you can win. It is the assumption that every time you play it, you, you got a chance to win. Uh, what, 14 or 15 years in a row, was it? Navy beat Army. 14 or 15 years in a row. But every year, it didn't matter how well Navy was playing. If you were an Army knight, if you were a fan of Army, every year there was the expectation, this is the year. And it's not uncommon in a rivalry game for the, the underdog to rise to the challenge and defeat the opponent. Guys and girls have the game of a lifetime because it's your rival and you want to get up for your rival. 
Rivalry's no fun if you don't think you have some chance of winning, some opportunity to win. But what we have just declared here today is he has no rival. There is no one that can compete with him. There is no one that can outdo him. There is no one that is greater. There is no one that is stronger. There is no one that can do what he can do. You have no rival. It's not that your rival is an underdog. It's not that your rival is not that great. It's you have no rival. If I were to ask you what is the opposite of darkness, you would say the opposite of day is, the opposite of evil is, the opposite of God is, ah, I didn't get you. You say the devil, is, no, 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 no. No, the devil's not the opposite of God. The devil is the opposite of the angels of light. God has no opposite. John said in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Before anything we see in creation ever came into existence, God already was. He did not have to fight for supremacy, for supremacy in the universe. He did not have to defeat anyone else to become king. He did not have to defeat anyone else to become Lord. Before anything else was, he already existed. Or, as he said to Abraham at the burning bush, I am that I am. When he met ten lepers that had no hope for a future, leprosy was no rival. When he went to Jairus' house whose daughter had died, Jesus said, she's just sleeping, daughter, arise, because even death is no rival. When he was on the midst of the sea with his disciples in a boat and they thought they were going down, the Bible says he stepped to the bow of the boat and he looked to the waves and the wind and he said, Peace, be still, because even the weather is no rival. When there was 5,000 plus people that had gathered together to hear him teach and speak, and they were hungry and the disciples said, Send them away because the only thing we have is a boy with five biscuits and two small fishes. He said, bring me what you have because 5,000 plus people with just a little boy's lunch was no rival. When he met the man from the Gadarenes, this man, according to the Bible, was possessed with devils and they would try to chain him down and they would try to 
to, uh, to, to, to keep him held prisoner. And the Bible says that he would break out of the chains and the fetters. But when Jesus showed up, even the devil was no rival because he comes to Jesus when no one else could do anything with him. He voluntarily comes to Jesus. When he was come to Lazarus' tomb and his sister says he's already been dead four days and he's been dead so long he's already stinking. Death and a stench were no rival because he said, roll away the stone. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. And a man that had been dead for four days, the Bible says, comes hopping out of the tomb because he was still bound in his grave clothes. Even grave clothes weren't a rival. You say, preacher, that's 2,000 plus years ago. What about today. Well, I can tell you today about just a couple of weeks ago, a lady that came to a Saturday night service that we have that had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. That in that service, they prayed for her. And last week, she came back to that same service to tell them that the doctor said that stage four liver cancer is now gone because Even cancer is no rival. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. John also said in chapter 1, even darkness is no rival because light shines into darkness and the darkness the king james says the darkness comprehended it not we in 2017 comprehend to us we think of that as thinking what we understand mental capacity but what what he was saying was the word there actually means that the darkness cannot overtake the light have you ever have you ever walked into a room in the darkness and 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 thought here's the light switch assuming the electricity's on and the lights work have you ever questioned that when you turned on the light who was going to win Were you ever worried that this one time the light is not going to be able to handle the darkness. If, if this room was, every light was off and it was pitch black in here and, and I turned, just turned my iPad on right now, my iPad has no impact because there's too much light. But if it was dark, if this entire room was full of darkness, The same light that you can't see right now would not be overtaken by the darkness because dark is no rival for light. Jesus then said, you and I are the light of the world. And so for us today, not only does he have no rival and no equal, but the light that shines through us has no rival and no equal. 
Matthew 9 and verse 2, Behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their flesh, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Why? Not because your sickness is made better. Not because you're made whole of the disease, but something far greater. Thy sins be forgiven. Mark 2 verse number 4, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I tell somebody today that even... The greatest of sin is no rival. Because Hebrews 10 and 4 tells us it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. For hundreds of years there were sacrifices made for the atonement of sin, but sins were not washed away. Every time those animals were sacrificed, really it was modern day thinking or something we would understand in 2017, it's like you've got a thousand dollars owed on your credit card and the credit card company is so gracious and kind to you, they say minimum $50 payment. Isn't that so kind of them? How gracious they are that you owe them a thousand and all they ask for is 50 and somebody somewhere has got their fingers crossed. Please pay the 50. We don't want you to pay it off. And so all the payment does is push back the debt. All that minimum payment does is buy you another month before you have to once again face the pressure of your debt. That's what the bull, the blood of bulls and goats did. But first John chapter one and verse seven says this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. Again, to our guests today, if we act a little crazy, we act a little wild, it's because there are people that came one day with a heavy load of sin. They had tried everything this world had to offer to deal with addiction and deal with the shame and deal with the guilt, and nothing ever worked. But one day they encountered the blood of Jesus Christ. I, 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 for those of you that don't know much about me, my parents started this church in 1970. I was born in 1971. So this is all I've known. This is all I've known of Christianity and God all my life. And this is, this is what's normal to me. 
But even though this is normal, it still doesn't cease to amaze me that when somebody gets baptized in Jesus' name, if I've heard this once, I've heard it 20 or 30 times. But I've heard people, after being baptized, make a statement, and I've heard many people make either the same or a very similar statement. I feel so clean. Or I feel as if a weight has been lifted. You know what? If I had just heard one person say that, I'd write it off as just an individual's emotionalism. But having heard multiple people say that without knowing what somebody else has said. I don't mean to be, forgive me, but I don't mean to be gross here. But sometimes I watch people get baptized in our baptism baptistry when it wasn't real clean. You kind of prayed that God would blind their eyes for a moment. So when they come up out of not the cleanest of water and say, I feel so clean. You understand because what the blood of bulls and goats could not do that the blood of Jesus Christ is able to cleanse us from all sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other felt I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It was stated earlier in one of the songs that have been sung today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 55. Most people... Most human beings, without the hope of Jesus Christ, have some degree of a fear of death. Even those that have hope of eternal life sometimes battle with a fear of death because you know death has a way of winning. Except 1 Corinthians 15 and 55 says... Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Even the one thing that terrifies so many was no Rival. The message Bible says verse 55 this way. This is kind of like some biblical trash talking here. Who got the last word, old death? Old death, who's afraid of you now? You just can kind of see a five or six year old kid with his dad standing there. Man, when you were young and on the playground, if some other kid was messing with you, you just knew. 
If I just get my dad. <laughs> no kid ever calculates that your dad might be six foot eight. Built from neck to toe. And my dad might be four foot seven. Seventy-five pounds. But my dad. To take your dad. You see, when you know who's on your side, you just, you just don't have to worry much. Who got the last word, old death? Old death, who's afraid of you now? Because when you and I know that the one who conquered death is not only on our side, but when he lives on the inside, you and I can say, like Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I've often, I've heard a few people, in fact, I just heard an individual tell me it this past week as I was sitting and visiting. The gist of what they said was, you can't threaten me with heaven. If you have no hope of eternal life, you're threatened by death. You're afraid of death. But when you know the one who conquered death and the grave, there's no reason to even fear death. You have no rival. And then Isaiah 43 and 10 says this. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved. And I have showed when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who will let me? Who will allow me? Beside me, He said, there is no God. So not only is there no rival, but there also is no equal. No equal. No one that can compare. No one as great. No one as powerful. No one as strong. No one as mighty. You know what? All of those things are wonderful. But can I tell you another thing that nobody else does like Him? No one else loves like Him. It's not an uncommon phrase. Some of you do this. My kids, my wife, my mother has done this. With some of my kids... You've probably done it with your kids or your grandkids, but 
someone says, I love you. And you reply back and say, I love you more. We try to outlove each other. We try to prove our love. We try to love somebody more than they love us. Can I tell you there is one that you cannot outlove? For God so loved the world. You see, it was our sin that sent him to a cross. It was man's disobedience. It was man choosing to live life the way he wanted that caused us to need a Savior. But the thing that motivated him was not anger, was not frustration, it was not judgment of us and the mistakes we had made, but God so loved that he gave because he has no rival and he has no equal. This world has changed. I, my grandmother is here. She's in her 80s. Won't say exactly because I don't want to get in trouble, but she's in her 80s. Sometimes I think about her lifetime and the changes she has seen in her lifetime. Just, just take technology and how drastically technology has changed in her life. Transportation and culture. I, I look at my 45 years and I think how much life has changed. I think how much society has changed. This country is much different than the one I was a child in. What's crazy, I can even look at my teenagers, even my 14-year-old, and think about how drastic the changes have been in his life. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of the darkness, there remains one who is unchanging. He's never lost a battle and as long as there will be time, he will never lose a battle. To every individual, whether you're a guest or a member today, I don't know what you may be facing in your life today. I'm sure that many people here today have needs in your life. Some, from a human standpoint, we would compare our needs amongst us and some would say our need is greater than others and what I'm going through is worse than what you are going through. You know what's so amazing to me about God is that's not what He does. He doesn't look at me and then look at you and say, well, you know, they're going through much worse. You just suck it up. But He meets every one of us where we 
are. He comes to where our need is and meets us at the point of our need. And there's never been a need that He wasn't able to meet. And in 2017, I am so glad to know there is still no need too big for Him. There is no problem that is a rival for Him that He cannot overcome. There is no challenge that is an equal to Him that He cannot handle. Would you stand, please? I have said this many times, but I know that all of the Bible is very important. Every scripture is important. Paul said that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And so I, I, don't, I don't think we should value a verse more than another verse, but most of us have a verse that's kind of our favorite verse. Some, it's probably the 23rd Psalm. Some, it may be John 3.16. My favorite verse in all of the Bible is found in the book of Job, chapter 42. I believe it's verse number 5. Most of you know at least a little bit about Job, and Job experienced some of the greatest pain and heartache anybody has ever experienced. In fact, in my opinion, Job had the worst day of all worst days. But at the very end of everything he went through, he makes this statement, I have heard of you with my ears, but now I've seen you with my eyes. I want to tell somebody today, it's one thing to just hear it's one thing to hear about Him. It's another thing to experience Him. Would you, if you wouldn't mind, just for a moment right where you're standing, if it, just if nothing else, for out of respect for those around you, if you would just bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment. We're, we're, we're going to... about to conclude this service. But I think I would be failing somebody today if before we close, I didn't give somebody the opportunity to encounter the one who has no rival and no equal. I know we've already taken a moment in this service to do this, but I wonder if there's anyone else that still would acknowledge, you know, Pastor, I, I've come today and I've got some troubles and difficulties or needs. Maybe somebody's battling sickness today. Doctors can't really help you that much. Maybe your family's in turmoil and crisis. That you need the one that has no rival and no equal to help you today. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and again, I'm we're, we're about to dismiss, but prior to that, I would like to give somebody an invitation right now that if you've come today and you have some kind of need in your life, you're in need of the Savior who was who we celebrate today. 
I would invite you to step out of your seat, step down to the front of this auditorium right now. You, 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 you may come here every Sunday, but you've come today and you've got a need. You've got situations and difficulties in your life that you need to know that the one who has no rival and no equal is interested in you today. Wants you to know not just with the hearing of your ears, but with the seeing of your eyes, that He is able to meet your need. In just a moment, they're going to begin to sing again. If you'd like to come, I still invite you if you are need to go. Please feel free to do so. Again, I want to say one more time to all of our guests, we have been so privileged to have you today. Thank you so much for sharing this Easter Sunday with us. Can I have some come join with some of these folks that have come to pray? If you're a guest, we invite you to stop by our welcome area on your way out. We have a small token of appreciation to share with you for being with us today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, I pray right now that you would help someone this morning to know that whatever's going on in their life, there is no rival, there is no equal. There is no need in any life here today that's too great for you. There is no need in any life today that is equal to your power to stand against and resist. But God, you have the power and the ability to overcome every need, every circumstance in our life today. Thank you for your resurrection power. Thank you for your resurrection power that's not just a historical fact, but it's an experience we can have today. Thank you, Jesus. You are God alone. We honor you today because you are God. We exalt you today because you are God. In the good times and the bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. You are God alone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for having no rival and no equal. Thank you for being that kind of a God in our lives today. Thank you that it's not just a historical fact that you have no rival and you have no equal, but it's something we experience now. It's something we experience today that you have no rival and no equal. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, let someone today have the experience of not just hearing about you with their ears, but seeing, encountering you with their own eyes, their own experience with you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are on.
on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. Oh, from before time began, you are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good time and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. Oh, unstoppable. That's what you are. Unchangeable. Unshakable. Unstoppable, that's who you are. 